Here the old gods are dead. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 41 episodes in and we still don't know how to record a fucking podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The audio will never be our strong point. The um, content will also not be our strong point. The introduction will also not be our strong point. What is the strong point? <laughs> the chemistry. This is the Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Hi. Are we on time? Yeah, this will release on Wednesday, given that I edit tomorrow. This is a treat. I say giving the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> no, two episodes in a row on time. I know. And the well, last one was only on time because we decided when we were coming back. <laughs> oh yeah, and we delayed it by a week. But no one knows we delayed it by a week. We just did. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I was not in a place. <laughs> we never claimed to be perfect. No. If podcasting was our full-time jobs, maybe it would be better, but... I doubt it. Unlike other podcasters, we are not jobless. <laughs> That's so nasty. I <laughs> agree, though. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Liam has much tea for me because he's been on holiday in Lithuania and I haven't heard any gossip because he wants to monetize. <laughs> she was like, what's been going on? And I was like, this and that, this and that. <laughs> I was, literally five minutes before this, I was like, oh my God, I've not really done anything. I have nothing to talk about, but... I've been on holiday in Lithuania for a week and then I've also had a PhD interview and I've also been to Stirling this weekend. So I've actually done a lot. What about you? Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Uh, Yeah, so it was in Lithuania. Like, it was so sunny the whole time. It was like utopia. Like, this was like the children playing in the park young mothers like walking around the like the pram in inside park old ladies sitting on the bench you know in charmed when they you know that plot line where they like create utopia and it's yeah it, it was exactly like that birds eating <laughs> flowers blooming i would live there but then also they have a really harsh winter and i went like just before summer started so it was like perfect weather yeah, I'm not bold enough, brave enough. <laughs> like every year, like winter comes around, and I'm like, how have I not climatized to this yet? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it's really hard here because we don't really actually have seasons. Yeah, because it's a fucking desolate, 
horrible island. It's uh, it's a rainforest. Yeah, but I had a great time. I'm so exhausted because like I went, like I've like not stopped since I went there. And also when I went there, because I went with my boyfriend and he's from there. So I met all of his friends. So I've just mm-hmm. been meeting new people the whole time. One of his friends, so his friends, like their English speaking accent either sounds how you expect like Eastern Bloc English speaking accent to sound or it's like SoCal American accent. It's so insane. Like one of his friends, <laughs> she's like, we were staying with her and she has a cat. Her cat's so cute. Uh, but <laughs> she, she would just say like the the funniest things. Like she was like, um, one like on the first day I met her, she was like, so are you two like gonna get married? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then another time, uh, I think this was like the second day, but we had all been drinking. She's like, can you just kiss? I love love. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. She's so like. I I can't even explain how obsessed I was with her. I also had a very like intense experience at one point. So me, uh, Narius, and one of his friends, we went the same friend that I was just talking about. We went yeah. to visit some of the churches, and we went into like a a wine shop, Vinoteca or something, or Vinoteco. Um, it's like a chain liquor store, and we went in. <laughs> And she bought her juice and I picked up my juice, but then Narius was getting it for me. It was like just a bottle of orange juice. We were we were thirsty. It was very sunny and we were staying hydrated. Anyway, before Narius gets into the queue, another guy, like a very jakey looking guy, like it's sort of the same demographic everywhere. Anyway, he was he got to the queue in front of Narius and then the woman at the counter was like, speaking fully in Lithuanian, so I had no idea what was going on because I have a very uh, rudimentary Lithuanian. I can do like little bits of conversation and like counting and food and stuff. Mm. Uh, and then she goes and locks the door and leaves the key in the door. And I'm like, um, what's going on? Because he was there and like he had a friend with him. And I was like, why would she leave the key in the door unless he told her to do it? So I was like, is this place being robbed? Am I going to be robbed? <laughs> I was like very visibly like um, receding into myself. <laughs> I, I turned around to Narius's friend and she was like, do you want some juice? <laughs> but then I had no idea what was going on. Uh, and then afterwards, I saw him take a bottle of like rum out of his sleeve and put it on the counter after mm-hmm. she had like for five minutes looked at security footage so i had no idea what was going on for five minutes i was like my passport's going to be taken i'm not going to be able to get home i'm going to die <laughs> um and then after that like he just left with nothing and him and his friend like sprinted out the shop so i asked afterwards what had actually gone on and um i was told basically he had just gone to buy a beer but then she said i noticed you looking at a bottle of rum are you gonna are you still gonna buy it and he was like oh no i put it back she looked at the shelf she noticed that something was odd with the shelf then she looked at the security footage and she said so you're gonna pay for that bottle of rum that's in your sleeve or not (laughs) after she locked the door (laughs) and then he was like yeah sure and then he took it out of his sleeve and put it on the counter and then pretended to look through his bag for five minutes 
for his card and then she was like get the fuck out and never come back (laughs) and then when we were leaving the shop we noticed on the wall as you like leave through the door which was there when we came in we just didn't notice it's like huge like a4 prints of like people's faces from security camera footage like um, oh my god don't serve these people or whatever <laughs> um but yeah it's crazy like because like petty theft like that obviously happens in scotland as well but the the protocols here are different because you're not allowed to like block Put other people in the sh- yeah, yeah yeah exactly so I guess because maybe it happens less there, there's like more protocols for intervening because like Yeah, I, when I worked in like famous fast food chain McDoodles, um they, <laughs> they were like when I got trained, I was like 17 or 16. And they were like, if anybody ever tries to rob here, which will only happen, just give them everything. Open every till, give them everything, and just get them out. Even give them like, three cheeseburgers and say, see you later, baby. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah, <laughs> That's literally like, what they said. I was like, am I going to die? I really, for real. Over a bottle of rum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, just all got locked in there. Over like, like dead a, man's fingers like, or Bacardi. Yeah, it was like a 15-year-old bottle of rum. Just so want to give them a minute. Me too. I hope she's getting paid well. Yeah, she's built different. That wouldn't be me. Yeah, but it was fun. <laughs> And then the day after I got back, I immediately had a PhD interview. How did it go? I think it went yeah. fine. I got an email afterwards saying, uh, thanks for coming. You're, the panel were extremely impressed with your presentation and your overall interview. And then uh, I should hear back this week. Creepy wee podcast prayer circle for Liam. Yeah, Everybody please. gather your thoughts Manifest. and manifest. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, because this will be released hopefully, because they said Friday, so hopefully it'll be released before then, so people will listen and say a little prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely have, like, no update to beat that. You didn't get robbed? <laughs> uh, no, I went out on Friday night again. This is becoming a problem, actually. <laughs> oh, after work drinky poos? Yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when the novelty, like... It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. But it feels like it's not gone. I had a really fun time. I was with Amir. <laughs> we, went to, we went to NQ64 and we also went to play pool. Absolute fortune. An absolute fortune. That sounds like a lot. If we had focused our energy in NQ64, so this is like a chain where you can go and play like arcade games and stuff like that, but they've got like PlayStations and stuff. Um, and I really believe that if me and Amir had just focused our energies on Simpsons Hit and Run, that we would have completed it. Because <laughs> we, we definitely got like, we got like halfway through Bart's bit and then Amir was like, oh, let's say something else. And I was like, no. <laughs> We're not even at Marge yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the best bit. <laughs> that is um, the best bit. Yeah, I literally have nothing to say. I've got a stupid question to ask you. Okay. Because I was on TikTok and it like came up. And it's like fun questions to ask your partner. So <laughs> I was like, that'll do for me and Leo. <laughs> if someone told you that I was arrested without giving any additional explanation, what's the first assumption you would make and why? Um, I think fighting in a place. Fighting? Oh. Yeah. You, you're a bar brawl kind of person. 
<laughs> this happened. drink certainly tastes like did he just fucking me? touch me? <laughs> <laughs> I think yours would be like having a actual full blown mental breakdown on public transport. I I agree because like I almost forgot that like my main thing that I was gonna talk about on here <laughs> for the intro was that I um I like obviously I'm back on the public transport grind, going to work every day, back to reality. And I got on the train today and I was like, is it worth it? <laughs> is it worth it? Because <laughs> like you get to the barriers at Waverley and then my ticket didn't work. And then the people were just standing there and I was like, excuse me, excuse me, please, excuse me. I then missed my bus that I needed to get afterwards by like literally like, and I was sprinting by five seconds, which was even more embarrassing because I was running to try and catch it, but only one person got on, of course. And no one that was standing at the bus stop thought to like, hold the bus for me which i would do that's probably. edinburgh for you that's that is edinburgh, edinburgh for, you. for you um that's so embarrassing that you wouldn't catch me running for a bus yeah i'm never doing that again what kind of worms have i actually oh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god speaking of worms <laughs> wait that's a good segue <laughs> would, would you still love me if i was a worm yes. <laughs> i would keep you in my pocket and I would Aww. feed you little, like, pieces of grass or whatever worms eat. Maybe microbes and dirt. I'd feed you dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask Narius this, and he just ignores me. He hates this question. The fuck is a worm? I'm going to have to put that in the um, Instagram post for anybody who doesn't can. Would you still love me if I was a worm? <laughs> So that is a segue because for this episode we're going to be talking about the Mr. Stewworm, which doesn't sound that exciting, but it's a dragon. So <laughs> it's not it's not like a dirty worm, which the title would allude to. It's about a dragon. Yeah, why they call it a worm if it's a dragon? Is it just because it lives underground? I will be getting into the etymology. Okay. And stuff once I tell you the fairy tale. So we'll take a wee break and then we'll talk about the Master Stewart Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So if you've never listened to us tell a fairy tale before, I pretty much leave them untouched uh, for the sources that I use. So this one, actually, I'm balancing my mic on the book that I used. Hold on. And also, if you've not heard us tell a fairy tale before, go listen to all the other episodes like yeah what are you waiting for i think i honestly think that these are the most fun episodes that we did so this one comes from scottish folk tales it doesn't have an offer but it's by lomond publishers um so this is the story asapatl and the stoorworm and i'm keeping all the whimsical language of the fairy tale in because it's my favorite so there was once a dreadful and evil race of creatures known as the stoorworm Enormous, fearful sea monsters, and the largest and most fearful of all was the Mester Stoorworm. Nobody knew where he had come from, but it was said that he had been created by the devil. He had grown so large that his body curled right around the world. His massive forked tongue could sweep entire cities into the sea and crush the largest castles, but he could also use it to pick men up who were working on fields or single a single ship out of the sea. His breath was so foul and poisonous that it would kill any living thing that came within a mile of it. And when he yawned, the earth shook and the fields would flood. Bitches who vape, bitches who vape five minutes into a night out. My friend Fraser works in polo. I don't know if that's doxing, but I'm keeping it in. Um, uh, and he like has such a grievance with like people like who vape. And he's like... They may taste nice, but please stand, like, keep your COVID rules. Like, I don't want to smell that. <laughs> the breath of the stoorworm just smelling like <laughs> a pink lemonade elf bar. <laughs> I lost it, Mary. But the stoorworm is Philip Schofield. <laughs> that was good. I'm proud Thank of you. you. So everybody dreaded the stoorworm ever reaching their land because then they would have to feed it and satisfy its terrible hunger. Every Saturday at sunrise, the stoorworm would wake, open his cavernous mouth, yawn nine times, and demand a meal of seven young maidens. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> a long time ago, the stoorworm arrived off the coast of an ancient country, much to the fear of all the people there. A wizard, who had the reputation for being very wise, told the king that they would have to keep the stoorworm happy. The folk would have to feed the beast seven young maidens every Saturday at sunrise. <laughs> As you can imagine, the local folk were less than happy about this and soon grew very angry at having to give up their daughters and watch them be so cruelly devoured in the jaws of a monster. So the wizard went to the king and said that he thought if the king were to give up his own daughter, the most beautiful girl in the whole country, then the worm would leave and trouble them no more. I love the exchange rate, like seven busted bitches for one hot girl. <laughs> one beautiful, uh, radiant woman will save the world. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So the king is horrified. 
The princess was his only daughter and he loved her dearly, but his duty to the kingdom was clear and he was forced to agree. To save the land, his beloved daughter should go to the storeworm. Real as fuck. What's that called? Utilitarianism. This is really just a trolley problem. Yes. When you think about it. <laughs> pull the lever and kill seven ugly busted bitches. <laughs> or pull the lever again and kill your own hot daughter. <laughs> The seven ugly bitches every time. <laughs> Pretty Once privilege does not work here. You're going to the storeworm. <laughs> so the grief-stricken king asked that his daughter be spared for three weeks so that a proclamation could be sent out to all the land. If anyone would fight and kill the monster, he should receive his daughter's hand in marriage. Half the kingdom and his famous sword, Sickersnapper, which he had inherited <laughs> from Odin himself. I love that Like there was like they did they send the proclamation to the storeworm so for free saturdays he didn't eat seven ugly bitches <laughs> like he just took a break being like no i'll wait yeah i'll wait for the hot one <laughs> like did, like, like yeah did he know yeah he just... surely there was 21 women who had to be sacrificed in the three weeks as the king got the word out that's a lot 36 warriors arrive at the castle but when they caught sight of the storeworm, 12 fell ill and had to be taken home. 12 ran away and the other 12 got so drunk that they were fit for nothing. <laughs> Choose your fighter. Which one are you? Tag yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the king decided that there was nothing for it, but that he should fight the storeworm himself. And he determined that the very next morning he would take his sword and go to conquer the worm. But before he got the chance to do so, an unlikely hero arrived. He was called Asapal. The youngest of seven sons, Asapal lived with his father and mother and brothers on a farm. All his family worked hard on the farm except for Asapal. Uh, I'll be very clear here. This hero is not likable at all. <laughs> like, oh. I think you're meant to like be like, oh, like he just wants to like live in his little fantasies and stuff. And I'm like, no, he sounds like a total lazy bastard. Like I did not find him to be oh. a good hero. It's kind of like in Zelda how, like, every game, like, at the start, Link is, like, asleep and being, like, a lazy cunt. That is what it reminded me. Yeah, but he's likeable. Yeah, Link is Because likeable. he's silent. Yes. <laughs> so, Oi Asipato's family work hard, but he spent his days lying beside the big open fire in the kitchen, where he became covered in the thick ashes for the peat, and hence he got the name Asipato, which means ash boy. <laughs> wait wait that feels like a slur <laughs> charlie xcx ashtray <laughs> asipato's mother and father despaired him and his brothers cursed him for a fool kicking and beating him regularly the entire family would laugh out loud when asipato told fantastic tales and sagas in which he was always the hero of countless incredible battles it kind of feels like this story was written by an incel it's a self-insert by someone. Yeah, Joss Whedon. <laughs> so Azapatl hears the king's plea and the rewards on offer and he slipped away for the farm and rode on his father's horse, which could run faster than the wind, until he arrived at the coast where the monster lay. He set out to sea in a little boat carrying a knife and an iron pot, which lay a smouldering peat from the hearth. As he approached the slumbering monster, he could see that its head was as big as a mountain with eyes like dark round locks. The sun began to rise, and as, as it was Saturday, the creature began to yawn. 
Asapatl steered closer to the creature as it yawned a second time. With each yawn, a vast tide of water was swept down into the worm's throat until finally, when he was close enough, one of these waves swept Asapatl's tiny boat into the sewer worm's mouth. Nice. Asapatl and his boat were carried through the mouth and then down the long throat. Through twisting passages and deep dark tunnels, mile after mile, he was whirled with seawater gurgling all around him until at last the current lessened and the water level dropped. The boat grounded and Asipatl knew that he had only a short time before the sewer worm yawned again. So climbing from his boat, he ran as he had never run before. This reminding you anything at all? John and the whale. Yep. (laughs) We'll get get into it. We'll get into the Pinocchio of it all. (laughs) Turning one corner after another, he finally came across the creature's liver. Pulling out his knife, Asapatl cut a hole in the liver and stuffed the smouldering peat into the wound. He blew on the peat for all it was worth until it finally took light. With a crackle and a sputter, the worm's monstrous liver began to burn and was soon a blazing bonfire. Asapatl ran back to his boat and managed to jump aboard, but only just in time for the burning liver had made the sewer worm wretch. A flood Mm -hmm. of water from its stomach picked up the little boat and sent it hurtling back towards the worm's mouth. With a spray of water, Asapatl was, and bile, I imagine, since he's cut home, <laughs> his liver. Yeah. I find it really fascinating how, like, a lot of old stories, like, um, a lot of sickness centers around the liver. Because, like, obviously now we're like, my tummy hurts, my stomach. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, like, the term, like, I'm feeling liverish, like a very oldie sort of. Yeah. Like, like people used to, I think. I bet this is to do with the humours. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. But I, forgive me if I'm wrong. I think the French people still have like a sort of common word. for. Well, maybe the older people have a common word like it's like feeling liverish or like my liver hurts or something instead of like my tummy. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, I might have made that up. I don't think I did, though. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm wondering, like, see the stir worm. How, how mm-hmm. big is it? Because it's like big enough. Is it hyperbole that it's big enough to wrap around the world or does it change size? Does it I depend think, on the temperature? Or? I think like its whole body is like wrapped under the sea around the world, like all the seas of the world. Oh, like uh, transatlantic cable. Yeah. Yeah. It's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Asapatl's launched. Up because he set the liver on fire. With a spray of water, Asapatl was spewed from the monster's mouth and hurtled back over the sea before landing safely on shore. Once back on shore, Asapatl watched as the fire grew bigger. Black smoke billowed from the monster's nostrils, and in his agony, his forked tongue shot out and up into the sky, then fell with such a crash that it made a deep rift in the earth. Mm. The tide rushed into the rift, and this became the Baltic Sea. <sighs> This is a creation story. (laughs) The sewer worm twisted and writhed in torment, flinging his head up into the sky. Every time it fell back down to the earth, the whole world shook and groaned. With each fall, teeth dropped from its foaming mouth. The first lot of teeth falling became the Orkney Islands, and the next, the Shetland Islands. Last of all, when the sewer worm was almost dead, the Faroe Islands fell with an almighty splash. In the end, the creature coiled up, and its huge body created a giant mass which remains there to this day. We call it Iceland. The fire that still dances to this day from the mountains is the liver of the sewer worm still burning. 
gag I, of the I, century. I love, I love when a, a folktale turns into a creation story out of nowhere. I love it so much. <laughs> That's like when the Greek myths where it's like, oh, like, say Zeus slept with somebody and Hera was after them, so he turned them into stars and put them in the sky. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking like stars, like Orion's Belt and stuff. Yeah, so that's how we got Iceland. Once the sky had cleared and the sun shone again, the king took Asapatl into his arms and called him his son, and the people rejoiced that the sewer worm was dead. Asapatl was given the sword Sickersnapper and half the kingdom, and luckily he and the princess fell in love for a week later that they were married in great style in the royal palace. They live in happiness and joy, and if they are not dead, they are living still. I love mm. that. Was like when we did the Black Billy Norway, and it's like, and if they're not dead, they're still living now. Like Scottish folktales always finish that way. I love that. Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> I'm so serious. I love that. I like that one. That's my favorite one so far. I have things to say, so I've obviously got a bit of etymology here. The name Sturworm was derived from the Old Norse Storgander, which is an alternative name for Jormungandr. <laughs> Who fucking knows if I'm saying uh, that right? Yes, exactly. Jormungandr. Anyway, the world or Midgard serpent of Norse mythology. Stur was a term used by Scots in the latter part of the 14th century to describe like the animosity fighting in battles, like if like a dirty horrible battle would be called stur or sturi um it could also be applied to the violent conflicts of the weather elements so wind and um. rain and like lightning and thunder um i now i use stur quite a lot like it's a word that i still use yeah i obviously talk in scots most of the time but i use it to describe things that are like dusty and dirty like black with soot like yeah. stur that's how I would use it. Yeah, um, like messy. Yeah. Which is cool to see where More that grimy. actually came from. Yeah. yeah. But I, it's weird because I've never thought like where Stuart would have came from, but it's a great it's a great word to like and like immediately that that means like grotty or like Yeah. Especially when the sort of like dirt that it's associated with is like sort of like soot build up and stuff, and then you have coal, and then you have like fire, and then you have like dragons. Yeah. How fun. Um, but obviously, like, is it's no just the stirworm or a stirworm that's in this story. It's the master stirworm, and master is just basically the Scots way of saying master. So the ma the master stirworm would be considered the master or father of all stirworms. And in Scotland, worm may frequently be applied to a dragon, as it is in Northern England, according to folklorist Catherine Briggs of <laughs> the Encyclopedia of Mary's Goblins and whatever that I use all the time. She says that the usage of worm or worm is fey Saxon and North terms. Is that worm spelt with like a Y? Liz just going to say that, yeah. Right, so right. it's worm as in worm well why so w y r m yeah. meaning dragon or serpent mm. it's kind of in shetland there was a long-standing belief that far away in the sea near the edge of the world because scotland and like the faroe islands and 
Shetland and stuff. Like it was all considered to be like the end of the the end of the world. Yeah. Like if you look at it on in like really ancient maps, it's kind of like past like Scotland and the islands. It's kind of like beasts be here kind of thing. Like <laughs> dragons be here. That's kind of the stuff that you would see on like ancient maps. <laughs> so basically, in Orkney, they believed that. That in, at this edge of the world lived a monstrous sea serpent that took about six hours to draw his breath and then six hours to let it out again, which is speculated was probably an e explanation for the cycle of the tides because obviously at that point they didn't again, it was like the moon's pool, so it's yeah. a dragon breathing in and out like a massive water beast. Oh, I like that. If, like obviously i'm very much assuming that people who listen to this podcast like are up to date on their greek mythology <laughs> i see you queers for what you are a lot of bisexual flags in the bios of the people who follow <laughs> this podcast so if like me like listening to the story you've ever have been like mm, this really does sound like the tale of perseus saving andromeda for the kraken Oh, like yeah. it's this it's the same <laughs> kind of thing so it's like they're sacrificing young maidens the king decides to intervene gives his own daughter up to finally appease the beast a hero comes in saves the princess marries the princess all as well defeats the beast etc so there is a thinking between folk like amongst folklorists that stories like this um kind of originated in like pagans moving away for like animal and human sacrifice mm -hmm. and this was like their way like we didn't have to do this anymore because the heroes of old have done it and it doesn't need to happen anymore essentially and then there's yeah. just been like loads of different versions that have been adopted their time that's cool eh? that is cool <laughs> yeah and there's like a few like herculean feats that are like similar yeah, yeah. I also love like um, any story that has a dragon in it. <laughs> I love the concept of dragons because, like, you know, like the what the theory that like you could leave like forty people on an island with no contact with the outside world, and if you let their society progress, they'd have myths of dragons. Yeah, everybody has them. Yeah, but even ones that didn't communicate with other cultures, like it's just an innate computational insert. What was it I seen? This, the, uh, you know, like the kind of Assassin's Creed theory where it's like your DNA kind of holds memories. Mm. Epigenetic trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's like the reason why we are so fascinated by these creatures. Like, obviously, like Game of Thrones, um, the Priory, the Orange Tree, like are two like recent pieces of literature that I can think about that are about dragons, how to train your dragon. Like we're still a bit Yeah, we're still like fascinated by these creatures and why. Who knows? They're cool. Also they come I guess they combine elements of everything that we should be scared of. Yeah. <laughs> Big fire, lizard, sharp teeth, um, <laughs> impervious to fighting. So many things. Hoarding yeah. wealth. We should fear hoarding wealth. <laughs> <laughs> the Hobbit was actually like an anti-capitalist book. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to do, because I originally wanted to do the Nine Maidens of Dundee, which we probably will do at some point, but 
Fun fact, there are actually nine maidens that were spared from being fed to the stirworm. <laughs> yeah, they just... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought that that one's quite short and quite repetitive um, and a fun fairy tale kind of way. So maybe I'll collect shorter stories about dragons and we can talk about them one day. But I've seen this one and one of my many books of Scottish mythology and folklore and was like, no, we need to do this. Um, but I... That is the steer worm. Would you still love me if I was a worm? I, <laughs> I told you I would carry you in my pocket in a patch of dirt. <laughs> I can that you're, I'm meant to be picturing myself as a worm, but all I can picture is Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> would you still love me if I was Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> no, I would step on you. Squish you. <laughs> I think he looks really satisfying to squish because he looks kind of like a grape. Jiminy I'd Cricket. eat Jiminy Cricket. Would, uh, yeah, you go, like you know how you get those like like crickets on like a stick from like street street vendors, <laughs> and one of them has a top hat. <laughs> High protein Jiminy Cricket stick. <laughs> mm. Anyway, Wait, I'm kind of hungry now. Teriyaki gin, Jiminy Cricket. I would eat that. <laughs> Anyway, that has been the Creepy Wee Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast, Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod. Uh, if you want to buy merch or anything else, you can go to our website, thecreepyweepodcast.co.uk. Bye. <laughs>